0: Hey podcast fam, it's Aaron, and I'm here today with a dynamite episode about why our bodies are made for ability and not vanity. Alisa's breaking it down for us. She talks about body schema. She talks about body dysmorphia. And if you don't know what those words mean, guess what? You're going to learn them today. And you're going to learn about the three types of energy that we all have and how it affects our body. So... Before we get started, I want to invite you to come on mission with us and let us help train your body for ability so that you can train others. Let's get free so that we can help set others free. Right now, we are enrolling Platoon 31 of Revelation Wellness Instructor Training, and the doors are closing soon. So, swipe up on the show notes to download a packet today. Get ready for your mind heart, and soul to be touched as we learn about our good bodies. Here we go.
1: So clearly we have hit a nerve on this, that your body is for ability... not vanity. So hi, I'm Elisa Keaton, the founder of Revelation Wellness. Uh, we have been a ministry, a nonprofit ministry, using uh, physical and spiritual practices, spreading the love of Jesus through those physical and spiritual practices for a wholehearted faith. And whenever you're talking about your body, you are talking about your brain or your mind. And when we're talking to the renewing of our mind, we're also talking to the body. This is a embodied faith we are going for. So I'm going to get to jump in further with you today and by the time you leave here I want to I want to just tell you this right now I am so expectant that by the time you leave here today you can't think the same way again. Although you will think, you can't stay there. Like once you know, once you know better, then the impulse and the desire to do better goes further and further. And then if we stay in community together, you're gonna go the distance to have the life, the abundant life that God desired for you to have. Your body is fearfully and wonderfully made to spread the love of God, to make love seen. And the reason you might struggle with that has more to do with the fact that you have lived through some really difficult times and messages about your body. So we are going to get to the root of the matter today, which is to get to our hearts. So, So let's just pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God. We thank you for this platform, this moment in time, and we want you, God, you got to speak. So speak through my mouth and let your words fill our soul and become living water that pours outside of us. And we use these bodies as pitchers, as vessels to pour out that love. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen. All right, guys, let's jump in because we got Uh, some time together. I don't want to burn a lot of time. I want to honor your time and much ground to cover. So I encourage you take notes, take notes. If you're on your phone and multitasking, we're going to allow that. You will get the replay for that, but writing things down helps it to stick and saying things out loud helps it to stick. So if I say something that is actually God speaking to you, say it out loud, say it again for the girls and the boys in the back, say it out loud or type it into the chat and let this go deep. All right, so let's start out by defining vanity. I think this is important because we can get lost about what is vanity anyways. Does vanity mean that it's about my, because I care about how I look? Is that being vain, Elisa? So let us show you, this is the definition of vanity. Vanity is excessive pride in one's appearance. This is a wonderful moment in time to go, let me think about this. It's excessive pride. Vanity is not that you care about how you look. It's okay. Listen, I took a shower today. I cared to clean myself up, to wash my hair. Look at that. I got clean hair, everyone, no sweat in it right now. I cared about that. That's just hygiene and it's nice to care. It's not wrong for your heart or wicked for your soul. To care about how you look, just to care. Uh, beauty as well. I'm not here to poo-poo you if you're like, I really love to like, get my nails done. I really love this. Elisa, is that vanity? No, because a vanity is excessive pride. It's excessive. I focus on this a lot to the point that if I don't have it, My life feels less than. There's something that then affects my ability to live and to move and to love God and love others. If you are prone to obsessing or neglecting your body, it's often because there's an excessive focus on those things and what we focus on gets larger. And here's the thing about vanity, friends. It is constantly moving. (laughs) Like the target is moving. What culture says is beautiful that we should have, it will constantly move. I have this image up for you just to show you some images that I want to give you pictures to look at. Honestly, if I could get this redone, I would have it like a GIF. The target should be moving. (laughs) That's what vanity does. The world will always raise up a standard for us that says this is in this cultural moment, this is what the goal is. And so then we shift and try to hit that goal. I've done many other webinars about this topic. You can actually go to Revelation Wellness and look at all the other free webinars. If you need more teaching to live a wholehearted faith with your, your beautiful body, please go look at the other ones. But that's why it's futile. We're, try, we're chasing. Uh, Solomon himself, one of the wisest and richest men who, and a blessed man of God, who ever to live, said that it's all vanity. This whole life of getting cars and houses, working and toiling for the things of this world, it's all vanity. It's like a chasing after the wind. The target will move and in a moment that will be gone. Now here's the thing about the body. The body is something God created. It is good. You will have a resurrected, regenerated body in the new heaven and new earth. So it's not like God just gives us this body as like a, a vehicle to you know, bang up and get through the world with. No, he loves the body, how it moves, what it can do. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to, to dress it up and, and, and enjoy beauty, but it's the excessiveness It's when we think the world has the definition and if we could just hit it, then we will be okay. Focusing focusing on the way your body looks comes from living in a cultural moment where a group of people are very devoted to a set of beliefs about how one should eat or look or live. That is AKA fitness and diet culture. It's a group of people that are devoted to something. Nadia Craddock, uh, she said this, that diet culture is a part of social expectations telling us one way to be and one way to look and one way to eat and that we are better person. We're our more worthy person if our bodies are a certain way. Friends, that is a toxic culture that's connected to this world, which will always point to vanity. Almost eight in 10 girls and even more women admit to opting out of important events in their lives when they don't feel they look their best because they're a culture of people. They are belonging, their their mindset and beliefs are belonging to a culture That is about some cause. Friends, culture is not to be created around a cause. I need you to hear that. Culture cannot be created around a cause. It's fickle and fleeting if it's created around a cause. Culture shouldn't be formed around a cause, but a group of people devoted to a king and his kingdom. Culture is about people and a king or a nation. Now here's the history of God. It was always intended for God to be our king. We were created for a theocracy that God would have reign. God would have rule. And under that, we would be a culture of people who serve and love God. But in our little twisted little hearts, we cried out for a king. And so instead of a theocracy, we chose a monarchy. And I love that the Bible, God goes, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work through man, knowing it will be broken. And when we get the brokenness of men involved, that's where we start to get more committed to a cause than to a king. When you are focused on vanity and how your body looks, you are more committed to a cause than to a king. And in this world, the kings and the rulers and the reign, those that reign, they will fail us. (laughs) That's why even being devoted to your politics or your cause, it will fail. But a culture around a king, a good king, a benevolent king who is God and called you good and gave you a body so that you could multiply good is calling you to him. Deep calls to deep. We were created for a king. We have a benevolent king, a good king. First Samuel 16, th- six through seven says this. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, in a little context, this is Samuel going to anoint a king. Again, remember the people go, no, we want a king. We don't just want God. We need a person to help us lead. And God goes, all right, I'm going to work with that mercy. And the first king Saul failed. First king Saul failed The people of God, excessive pride and vanity. He didn't know who he was. And Samuel, the priest, the man of God, chose and anointed Saul based on how he looked. Isn't that crazy? He chose. He thought, surely this is the man of God. He's a tall man. He's a man of stature. And this matches my idea. Again, men are broken. We think we know what is godly because we look at what we see. And they anoint Saul. Anoints Saul as the king and Saul fails. So Samuel is depressed, feeling just sad about what had happened, disappointed. And God goes to Samuel one day, says, Samuel, it's time. Pick up your head. We need to anoint a new king. And so he tells them to go to the house of Jesse. And when you get there, line up those sons. So let's go ahead and go to a verse where he says, and when they came, that means they being Jesse and the sons, he being Samuel looked on Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Another tall, beautiful firstborn son of Jesse. And, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Everyone say this with me out loud. Say it with me out loud. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Say it out loud. Fill it in your house. Say it out loud. Let your kids hear hear this. Let your work people hear this. The Lord sees not as I see. Sin causes this ophthalmolic spiritual disease. We cannot see things rightly. That's why we must always second guess what we see. Later in scripture, Paul talks about we, don't, we no longer regard things according to the flesh, according to what we see. There is no Jew. There is no Greek. But see, we're, we're really prone to putting people in boxes and causes because we neglect a king who says, you don't see what I see. So come to me to see, for the Lord sees not as man sees. When we are focused on what we can see, we miss the thing that God is keeping his eyes on, our hearts. And out of our hearts flows our life. Where your treasure is, there's your heart. I love this. Y'all, I I want you to say, I want y'all to say, hear me say pressure off. Like if you keep doing this thing about your body and you keep obsessing about it, you know, all God wants to do is just have you turn that to where you could see him come to him (laughs) It's a perfect setup for you and him to have deeper conversation, intimacy, and relationship that then renews your mind to see what he sees. God looks at the heart. What are you treasuring? Where is your treasure? (laughs) Out of our heart is the wellspring of life. So I was supposed to guard that heart because everything flows from it. And maybe, maybe you obsess about your body, are so focused on the image because someone who was supposed to guard your heart and stand up for who you are in your design couldn't do that because someone didn't stand up for them. And God's still the same. He says, I see your heart. He sees your effort even. He sees you wanting to break free out of the pattern of trying another diet or trying to restrict or control of spending endless time, energy, resource, money, trying to get the thing that is the moving target and says, come to me, come get my eyes to see. We say this a lot in the ministry, friends, your body gets to be any shape or size you want it to be as long as you have the heart God wants you to have. And if you're looking for a definite beauty standard, look to the God of infinite beauty who made you to display his image. He gave you a body no eye has ever seen so you can make heaven seen. (laughs) This is so exciting to me. I actually can giggle. I love the community of Revelation Wellness because if you all started to look just like me, that would be very concerning. You cannot look like me. You shouldn't look like me. And health comes in all shapes and sizes, and so does unhealth. So when we can make beauty seen, it's, it's confounding to people. But again, we got to get after the heart because it's one thing. If you feel like you're somebody here, you, you say the mantras, you do the things over and over, but it's still not hitting. It's the heart. Go deeper into your heart. And there are things. That's why Proverbs says, is it Proverbs or Psalm? Guard your heart. What one is it, Aaron? Guard your heart. Pro- Proverbs? Proverbs says, yep, wisdom. Guard that thing. This world is going to try to steal that heart over and over. Look over here. Look over here. Look over here. Hey, 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 look over here. (laughs) Oh, this thing right here. It's a fabulous tool. But my eyes are on it all day long in many ways, good and bad. And what I look at, I will manifest over and over. But God knows the times we're living in. It's a chasing after the wind to try and get your body to look a certain way or stay a certain way because it's costly to do that. It will cost you. Can you do it? Sure, but it will cost you. Just recently I was at the World Fitness Convention, um, Idea Health and Fitness Convention. I go pretty much every year. And I went into a class that was about having health and strength as you age. Hey, I'm, I'm in that category now, friends. I've been in the industry for 35 years. I started this when I was 15 years old. Uh, and I do, I love the body. I love, I believe it's an impression. It's an expression of who God is. There's, there's more hidden mystery and power in our body than we have even begun to scratch at, at the surface in the church. So hang on, be a part of this community because I believe God's doing it. But I've been on this journey for 30 plus years and my body's changing. Your body's changing right now. Your body just got older, Tammy. Yep. yep, Just happened again. Taylor, just happened. Aaron, it's just happening all the time. You reached your peak at about 19 or 20 years age. Yeah. So our, our 15, 18 year olds, they're on the uphill. They're gaining, gaining, gaining. And then down it starts to go. It's just God's design to set us up that way. That when we have the most strength in the outside, we're the most idiot in the inside. <laughs> we're just not there yet. The humility that's needed. And then we begin to have the, the inner knowledge, and, but the outer strength goes, and so humility. Humility at all levels. So I took this class and this gentleman was saying, really touting the fact, like, hey, we don't have to age. We can, do th- we can do this. And I agreed with the message of, hey, keep moving. Absolutely. But was there a formula and ways that I could make my body push back more the hands of time and he presented it to us? Yeah. But here was the thing. It would cost me. I would have to focus some time and effort and energy more towards that, more than what I already do. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm pretty okay. I'm I'm good with what I got. You know, know, I'm not in a hospital bed right now. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. We'll get to that in a minute. But as far as like vanity or like, you know, a little bit of hormones and things have changed. Yeah. Could I try to push my energy into that and change it? Yes, but it would be costly. I don't want it. I'm good. Thank you very much. It's a target that's moving all the time. So I'm committed to press on toward the goal, just like Paul. Press on toward the goal of what? What? Make Christ known. (laughs) Make Christ known. Okay, this is where Revelation Wellness, we begin to thin the herd. Because if you just want your body and Jesus, you want body health and Jesus, sometimes you get that, but you always get Jesus. Even if today you were to be in a catastrophic fire and it changed your body, you still get Jesus. You will no longer fit the mold. You have Jesus. And that, friends, is taking heart. And that makes Christ known, that whether we're abounding or abasing, and plenty or in want, and food or hunger, we are Jesus. That is a type of image that we are here to display, not what the world says. And so we press on towards the goal. So be aware, the goal will always move with the world. But when your body is about ability, you know what the goal is. You know it. And so... Back to taking heart. Ability. We've already talked about vanity. Can't get it. And even if you did, it's going to be costly to keep it. And it's a chasing after the wind. But ability. Life itself is about you. God gave you life so that you would have the ability to make him known. The breath in your lungs. The thoughts that you have. They're all a form of worship because that gives you the energy that you need to go increase good. Life is energy. When God said, let there be light, that's his first word over the earth of creating. That's not like let there be light like this, not this light. It's let there be life. That word light can be translated the beginning of life itself and life. Your life is about energy, ability, not vanity. So let's talk about the three forms of energy. This that's going on inside my body right now. There are three forms. Time. Money. Money and ability. These are three forms. This is common wealth that we all have. Every person has the these forms of energy. And maybe someone really, truly does not have any money today. I'll get to that in a second. There absolutely are people that have no money. They're on the streets right now, but we have money. You're here. You have a phone in your hand. You have some money. <laughs> so we got to just call it what it is. And if God cares about our hearts, and our hearts are a source of strength, then we are going to need ability. So ability is our greatest form of energy. Ability is our greatest form of energy. Go back to that three pictures, please. The money, time, money, ability. Notice under ability, and I had Aaron do this on purpose, give me a farmer, give me an artist, give me an athlete because they are focused on cultivating something. They're focused on making something seen that hasn't been seen or something done that's never been done before. Whether you do that with spreadsheets or with paint or with words, that's what you're here to do. And ability is what God is looking at. So let's talk about ability as our greatest form of energy. Let's talk about uh, body image, versus body schema. I wrote about this in my book, The Body Revelation, and I encourage you to get it, go in deeper with this, this body revelation of the ability of making heaven seen, making love seen. Body schema versus body image. Body image isn't concerned about how you look, where body schema is how your body moves body image is about the external appearance. But a schema is what makes you move. Someone who has multiple sclerosis right now or muscular dystrophy, they have an impairment to their body schema. It's your body's way of mapping And being able to do whatever it needs to do. For example, right now, I'm going to take a drink of water. I just had that thought. Actually, I can feel my thirst. And I can see the bottle. And so I'm going to go and reach for the bottle. And hey, I'm standing up. I'm balancing. And I can drink while talking to you, kind of. Friends. And I put the water back down. That was massive body schema massive body schema, ability to balance, ability to reach. I didn't knock the water over. I could grab it. I could pick it up. I could do what I needed to do. And guess what? I gave myself some water, which is giving me energy. It's going to hydrate me and keep my brain clear so that I can continue on in this message. Anytime you get up and move to go to the bathroom, that is a body schema someone who has a breakdown in body schema could have a condition where their nerves begin to uh, lose their coating that keeps them safe and and strong and and protected. As that coating starts to wear away, then the body stops doing what it's supposed to do. This is why you see ALS, muscular dystrophy, and the body doesn't move as easily as it should. Come on now. Someone better light up the chat because this is a reality check for us. We have an enemy that Keeps us focused on an image thing. Meanwhile, whoo! I got, I got ability. I can go for a walk today, and go for a walk, and get in the sunlight, and talk with God, and pray, and actually increase good with my body in an energetic way. That isn't just me turning to an image that is there to just entertain and fill the world with something Brit- like something to look at body schema is what our life is about. All right, let's go ahead and let's look at this slide that explains body dysmorphia. Body dysmorphia. This is from the Mayo Clinic. It's a mental health condition in which you can't stop focusing on your perceived, that's a a word, perceived flaws. And in effect, it can cause social anxiety. Back to that that statistic we got from the National Eating Assort of eight out of 10 girls are afraid to go into environment. They're thinking about themselves. Do I fit in? Here's the deal, y'all. Um, body image. Hey, y'all have one. You have a body image. I have a body image. It's, it's just, this is my image. Give me a wide shot, Aaron. <laughs> this is my image. I am five foot about, I'm not going to tell my weight because people get weird with weight but I'm, I'm, I'm a different weight than I was 10 years ago. Uh, I got a little bit of gray hair. Uh, I am, this is me. This is my image and I bear it for God's glory. It's, there's nothing wrong. You all have a body image. It's when you are hyper-focused on what that looks like, that it becomes dysmorphic. And then the enemy just goes, great. I got him there. They can't bear God's image. You're an image bearer. Bear the image. Uh, vanity is based on anxiety, where ability is concerned about energy. Vanity is caused by anxiety. Body image, I'm, so, I'm, I'm not fitting in, where ability is the effect of energy. Right? God wants to. Give you that energy, you have ability. If you focus on your ability, it will expand, it will enlarge. If you focus on what you can do, what you're capable of, and what God is saying for you to go do because you have the body to do it, your life shifts from one that is not of this earth and earthbound and anxious about. An image or how you perceive to be perceived, which by the way, do you understand? Tammy, can I get an amen on this? People don't really care about what you look like, that you think they care about what you look like. You care more about what you think they will think you look like. And they're not caring about what you look like because they're caring about what they look like. So we're all just chasing a ghost. Or well, really, a ghost is chasing us. It's a joke you have ability. Gosh, I could tell you so many stories, you guys, but one of my favorite things to do, and I just had a moment recently where I've been in some pretty intense environments, intense environments where I'm like, wow, how did I get in this room? And it's bewildering because there's things in the room. I'm like, wow, this is, there's some weird energy in here. It's weird. So I am going to tap in. God, what do you want to do in this room? And I get to have the ability to have conversations, to shift, to ask questions, to get curious. And the, I have had this comment before after I leave a room where people go, wow, uh, you're, I, I like how you ask those questions or I like, come, come around again because <laughs> I wasn't there conscious of me. I was like, wow, this is different in here. How can I bring heaven here right now? And not be judgmental of the environment. Just, huh. (laughs) Because the moment I get judgmental, I begin to shut down because I'm anxious. But when I can just say, I have ability right now to make heaven seen, what do you want to do, God? What does that look like? It's a fantastic way to live. And it's a wild ride. This is a meme that went around a while ago. And I just think it's fantastic. Mother Teresa didn't walk around complaining about her thighs She had stuff to do, everyone. She had stuff to do. You have stuff to do. God created you. You are God's workmanship created for good works in eternity past. And he gave you a body for you to be able to go and walk in those good works. Your body is for ability, not vanity. Vanity is based on anxiety. So let's come back to those three forms of energy that we all have to steward. Like this is your value. You all of us have this. First one, time. So if we're thinking about increasing our ability, that's what I want you to think about right now. Okay, I want to forget my image. I want to, I wanna actually want to have a, I want to be an image bearer of God. Then you need to come to ability because God's given you the energy, the ability to do this. The fact that you want to get out of that constant stinking thinking loop means God's going, yeah, I want that too. Now let me give you the ability to do that. By the power of the Holy Spirit that's in you, God in you, you have time. How we spend our time yields a return. If you spend your time looking at other people's bodies and lives on your supercomputer in your pocket, You will miss out on the super amazing life God has called you to live. Input yields output. The time I spend on something will create the time that I have to give to the world. What I will become. This is a big one, everyone. It's so weird because we live in a time where we've condensed time. We can get more done in a day than we could ever in the past. Like I can have groceries coming to my 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 door at the same time that I'm cleaning my house. Where before I'd have to be like, okay, I got to clean the house and I got to go to grocery store. Which one am I going to do? Nope. Now I got time. To- I just like doubled time. I expanded my time. It's so crazy. We have more ability or more time available to us than ever before. But yet what we have done is we keep doing more things and more things. And we're spending our time whizzing by on a treadmill that gets us to nowhere, where if you take the time to pay attention, what am I doing with my time? Is it constantly looking at feeds and images? And you are inundated with more images than ever before. There's more marketing, more messages to you. So back to your heart, your heart is being strengthened and conditioned based on where you spend your time. God has really, he's been disciplining me this in the most lovely way. And I'm so excited because I feel like he rolled out the strategy for my life and goes, you want to know what your next 30 years are going to look like? Come here, look, look over my shoulder. Look at this. And it is diligent with my time. Not to be like, oh, I don't have time for you. No, I have time for things. Like Tammy and I, I have time to go to dinner with Tammy. That matters to me. Those things will matter. This, phones, assignments, things I say yes to that, you know, probably not the best use of my time. It's not to say I'm better than or anything. It's just that's not a good use of my time for my ability to increase the kingdom on the mission that I've been called to. What is your mission? Revelation Wellness we have a training called launch if you come become a revelation wellness instructor we help you figure out your mission what are you called here on earth to do and if you have that call time is going to be of the essence time did i say time i'm going to say it again time what are you looking at what images are you spending time with are you in the word of god Are you letting God's word create images in your mind of what the kingdom is like? I think that's happened to me over 30 years of following Jesus. I've spent so much time with him. This earth, the things of this world grow strangely dim. And so that it doesn't, I see it when it's a a fraud or a fake. No, mm -mm." because I've spent time knowing his heart because he doesn't see how I see. I need him to show me what he sees. So I spend time. Second, ability. So if you take your time and marry it to the little bit of ability you have, no matter what it is, a mustard seed size of ability, wherever you take that little ability you have and invest even a little bit of time growing that ability, the final form of energy (laughs) will be, Everyone, guess what? <gasps> money. <laughs> now we've arrived at money. And money is not, like money is just the, like this thing that happens. If you take your time and put it with a little bit of what you're, you think, I kind of have this ability. I have this ability to bake. Okay, I'm gonna spend a little more time baking some cakes and then maybe I could see if someone wants these cakes. And then, you know what? If you were made to bake because you love to bake, God will do something where that becomes something because it's through that image bearing you and your ability to make those cakes, it goes out into the world and someone goes, I feel blessed. And your heart comes alive. Come on. The enemy keeps us so busy, focused on an image that like C.S. Lewis says, we are content with playing in the mud when we've been invited to a vacation at the sea. But if I wanna go on a vacation in the sea, I gotta spend some time with a little bit of my ability so that I have the money to go. Ability. Your ability married to your time, watch what happens. It's so cool. So I don't have to talk about money, but I will say this money is not the root. Of all of, of evil, the love of money is the root of evil. Back to the love of your body, right? Uh, having, caring about how your body looks and um, caring about that, that's not sin. It's not wrong. It's when you love that more than God, when it has your affection, time, attention, and you spend a lot of your ability there, that's idolatry and that is what happens with money when money the love of money money is not evil it just can't be where your treasure is our bodies are storehouses of energy storehouses right here this body is a lighthouse <laughs> i got if i especially i'm plugged into the presence of god the word of god is fueling the, the, the lamp that is for the light to burn. All of us, we are all this energy storehouse emanating out the love of God. You're a lighthouse, you're a power plant, and you're an elevator for people to get on and go a little higher than where they were. All of that takes energy, ability, When it comes to our bodies, God cares more about how they are working, not how they are looking. Jesus never healed cellulite or increased someone's muscle size or boob size. He saw people whose bodies couldn't work the way they were designed to work. And so he healed. Isn't that crazy? We ask for God to just when we're asking God to fix our bodies, but they have ability, we're inverted. We're asking for the wrong thing. God, I don't see what you see. Help me with my heart. In Jesus' days, we understand. I say that when I go, He didn't heal someone with cellulite. He didn't heal someone uh, with unhappy about their way their body looked. <laughs> they were in dire straits in biblical times, right? But knowing now that we live in a time where we do have mirrors and magazines and phones and social media, he knows it's one big distraction for us. And in the Bible, it says in Acts that God chooses the times and places for people to be born. You were born for such a time as this. And friends, the war is on, there is a war. And I believe right now we are more than ever about to enter into a time of war where thin and body beauty is about to get even louder, even louder. You know, we, we lived through that cultural moment there where we were having um, kind of some peace with body and body freedom and body, uh, co- uh, just, hey, this is my body. And yes, but without Christ, there is no true freedom. And without Christ, that freedom moment vanishes and we go back into two camps again in the world. Those who will obsess over how their body look and those who will neglect. It's the people of God who have a way prepared for them where the valleys are raised high and the mountains come low and we can continue to walk in freedom no matter what our body looks like. It's about what can I do? What is going on with my internal energy? The gospel is for our bodies just as much as it is for our hearts, our souls, and our thinking. The kingdom of God is fighting a battle here on earth to get the body of Christ, her body back. That's what we do at Revelation Wellness. We are here to help you get your body back. I need to ask a few questions for you because you got to do some work on the heart. God doesn't, as you, doesn't see as you see. He sees the heart. So here's some questions for you. Here's the first question. Who told you that something is wrong with your body? Just sit down and journal that a little bit later. Who told you something is wrong with your body? Go ahead. Go back, go back, go back. Because those words make worlds and they do form some dysmorphic thinking in our mind. Who told you? Now I want you to also promise me, when you go back and you think about who told you, I need you to remember that we are in a war and we do not battle flesh and blood, but we have an enemy who used flesh and blood to say something to you, to try and get you focused on vanity. So release them. But who told you? Just so that you can go back to that place. The second question I have for you is, do you sit down to eat? (laughs) Do you sit down to eat? What I mean by that? It can be practical, but here's what I have to say about that. Don't miss out on being part of the father's house and being at the father's table because you're busy at the gym or prefer dinner in front of the TV. Oh, if you're busy at the gym, you're obsessing. You're, you're falling over there somewhere into a vanity and you're not sitting down to eat with God, eat at the father's table. And if you just want to sit in front of the TV and eat, then you're actually not even present there either to your food, to a God who wants to be with you. So the question I have, and when I say, do you sit down to eat is, are you with God in his word? Are you pursuing his heart? Because when you get his heart, you get his eyes. Then you can see what he sees. Do you sit down to eat? At the table, he sits and he tells you all his secrets and reveals mysteries about your life as a a citizen of his kingdom on mission in the world. My next question I have for you is, are you a voice or an echo? Are you a voice or an echo? Your voice, using your voice, your unique voice, is connected to your unique body language. Your body speaks a language that cannot speak until you find your voice. It's okay and good to echo, like, "Hey, I'm glad if you, you know, listen to some of our stuff and our podcast, and you get something from me, and you kind of echo that back out." But take that as your little seat and go further with the Lord and find your voice for it. Find What are you telling me? That was a man. We do this a lot in the church. We just high five each other. Good. Tell someone lean over and touch someone and say these three things. Like, okay, what is, yeah, great. We said three things. What does that mean for me? How does that become a a voice that I'm not just echoing what the pastor just said? I'm not hear me. I I get it. It's actually good little neuroplastic thing to do but is it changing me? Where's my voice in this? How do I teach this? This is why we love social media. You can actually go and then begin to teach and use your voice. God spoke through his voice. It echoed in in the halls of your heart and your mind. Now you speak something out. You pass it on. And that's connected to having your body language. You're going to feel nervous. You're going to feel like, well, why should I? Someone else already said it. No. Be a voice, not an echo. And then this is my last fun question for you. Do you belong to a confounding community? Meaning a community of people that don't all look the same or talk the same or act the same, but they love the same God and they are here to make heaven seen. A community of people where their body, their, who the image they bear is so different than your image that sometimes it's tension, but tension isn't pain. It's there to grow us as the body of Christ. Ephesians says that until each part of us, the body are working properly, until all parts of the body are working properly, we cannot be built up in love. And God is looking for a church, a bride that is built up in love, because then we make heaven seen. So you got to belong to a a community where y'all look a little different. We're all a little strange. (laughs) We don't make sense to the world. And it's beautiful. We make love seen. There was a quote by Carl Lagerfeld. You got to know him. He's a fashion. Fashion dude, and he just said this I don't like standard beauty. There is no beauty without strangeness. I love that. Come on, Carl Lagerfeld just out there making fashion, not loving. Je- I don't think he loves Jesus. Maybe he does. Hey, Karl, Lord, let Carl Lagerfeld know you and love you. But if not, the fact that's truth. I don't like standard beauty. There is no beauty without strangeness, mystery. So friends, if you are looking for that community, you found it here, Revelation Wellness. And so now I want to invite you. Listen, this teaching was good, great for you. Just let it sit with you. But some of you, it's time for you to be a voice. It's time for you to say, my body is ability. Watch me go. Bye-bye, body image and dysmorphia. I got things to do. I'd like to read to you some testimonies of people who have chosen for their body to be about ability and not vanity. This is from Sue Lienstra, and she says, I cannot say this. Instructor, I can't not say this. Instructor training changed my life. I'm so thankful. But man, oh man, actually leading classes, it's an entirely new level of freedom, joy, accountability, and honor. I've never memorized, read, and applied so much scripture in my life. Isn't that true, Tammy? My life did not take off in my, gr- this freedom you see on me, friends, and it's just a measure did not take off until I started to teach it because of the memorizing, the reading, and the applying so much scripture. Absolutely life-changing, and God has used it in such a mighty way for our family. Seeing the impact on our community and how people are hungry to attend just speaks volumes to how contagious the joy of the Holy Spirit is. Thank you for laying the foundation of this ministry and for everything you do for us instructors and the community in general forever. Grateful. Next testimony about instructor training, which we are inviting you into right now. As someone who has struggled the majority of my life with feeling ashamed of my weight and how my body looked as a result, the impact of Revelation Wellness instructor training and Revelation Wellness has been monumental and life-changing. Instead of seeing my body through the lens of cultural ideas of how a man should look in order to be desirable, valuable, or worthy of love, I now see my body as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Christ dwells and delights in me as his beloved Son. My body is not to be the focus of my attention, but a gift to be stewarded as God's chosen dwelling place. The focus shifts from how I look to how I love God and love others in this body. Jesus frees me from the prison of body shame and comparison and gives me identity, purpose, and joy. In this current body I have, it changes the way I eat, the way I work out, the way I love others, and express the gospel through the use of my body. It changes everything. Debbie Johnson says, this morning on my walk, I realized something. I was moving my body, talking to God, enjoying the scenery, and I didn't even think about wearing shorts. In the past, I would be all self-conscious about the size of my legs and how they looked. This morning, I was so thankful that my legs were strong and they worked, period. All about ability and not vanity. Revelation Wellness Instructor Training has taught me to pay attention to how my body feels and to get into my body and move it out of love. To be able to physically do what God has planned for me Also, it's a great community that loves Jesus. Thank you, God. What a blessing. Thank you, Debbie. Heather says, when I strap on my backpack and head to class, I understand that my body is a blessing, not an object to be scrutinized. Then through life-giving scripture and fun movement, my body teaches others how to be free and to see themselves as blessed too. And Jill says, before going through instructor training, there, were always, there was always something that I needed to fix on my body, always striving to change how it looked and seeking the special formula to lose weight. Through training, I learned about my identity in Christ. That realization, along with all the powerful training, made me realize that my body matters, but for the purpose of bringing him honor and glory in all that I do. Being able to stop striving and giving God my whole body, mind, and emotion has given me such freedom to know what he will decide, he will decide what shape I'm going to be and what this good body will look like. Through Revelation Wellness, I've learned that what I was seeking in the past was really just more of him. Whew. This is what we want for you. And if you want it, a confounding community of people where you find your voice, where we're going to sit down at the father's table and we're going to think about, well, who said that to us? That's not right. Lord, we forgive them and we get free. Then become an instructor. Let me show you a video that we think helps communicate what becoming an instructor means.
0: How did you battle that addiction?
1: Overcome that eating disorder, that childhood pain,
0: that relationship shattered into pieces. By the power of Christ in me.
1: How did you overcome depression, anxiety, disappointment, conflict?
0: By not fighting flesh and blood, but the real enemy.
1: How did you move in joy, walk in humility, speak kindly,
0: forgive those who hurt you,
1: believe the best? Because Jesus has set me free. Really, totally, and truly free. Jesus
0: came so that we might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus came to set the captives free. He came for my freedom. Not just mine, but yours too. Your freedom. Your freedom. Your freedom. Because when he walked out of that grave, he did it so that you could walk out too. Now, living a healthy and whole life isn't another fitness fad or passing trend.
1: This isn't another fitness program squeezing you into the world's mold of beauty. Bearing God's
0: image shatters all the molds. Bearing God's image is more beautiful
1: than anything we've ever known.
0: Now, we're inviting you to come alive and stop worrying about the shape of your thighs or your bias. Become the man or the
1: woman God has called you to be. with your
0: unique beauty let's show the world real beauty and embodied faith with vibrant diversity you're not too old you're not too young your body filled with breath means you have purpose and ability God's breath in your lungs qualifies you to move, to be free, and to set others free. A smaller pair of jeans or number seen isn't what fitness was meant to be. To
1: be fit is to have the ability.
0: The ability to move out into the world, glorifying God by healing hurts and meeting needs.
1: Despite my flaws and brokenness, he uses me, you, us to do good work. The dog days of diet culture are over. That's so 1983.
0: Our bodies get to be any shape or size as long as
1: we have the heart God wants us to have. Be a man or woman running after God's heart and your mind and your body will be set free. Download a packet today. Become a Revelation Wellness Instructor. You are equipped. You are called. You are ready. You are ready. You're ready enough already. You do not to have you don't have to be a specific shape size if you have breath in your lungs. Come and learn what this means. Find your voice. We are inviting you to become a Revelation Wellness instructor. We have some uh, slides for you right now to just kind of explain the next steps to do. First of all, go and download a packet. If you haven't done that, please go do that. And once you download that packet, you'll get lots and lots of information. You are invited to come, get free, stay free, and set others free. Become a Revelation Wellness Instructor. Right now we are enrolling into our three different tracks that we have. So these are available right now. Actually, Rev Wild isn't happening in this class. So if you're thinking about becoming an outdoor leader and going through our outdoor leadership. That will happen in the, what month are we in? It'll happen in the new year. So this one will happen in the new year. We'll have another class starting, but please go learn more information and get ready for that. But right now we are enrolling for Revelation Fitness and RevX instructor training. Nine weeks of training. You get small groups. You will be known. You will belong to a confounding community. And it's, Accumulates at the end with a four day virtual retreat and uh, all the goodness that comes with that. Rev Fitness is more of your general uh, group fitness. You're going to learn choreography, dance. If you like rhythm, you like music. And maybe if you don't and you want to learn to grow in that, go through the Revelation Fitness Track. If you like metabolic training, crossfitting, HIIT uh, training, that type of conditioning, RevX is for you. Sign up for instructor training by August 15th. Y'all you have few days to get $200 off our early our, our rate for the early bird pricing. Classes begins August 31st. And those are the retreat dates. So you'd want to consider, look at your calendar now. Can you make space for November 8th through 11th where you will virtually retreat? You can do it in your, you know, from your uh, bedroom or your, your house, but we are also inviting you to a gathering where you can go to a gathering near you with other instructors who are going or instructors in training, and you will train in person with other people there. That's actually been really special, and I highly encourage for everyone to go to a gathering. There's about five or six of them around the United States that you can connect and get to know other people in flesh and blood face-to-face. All right, you were made for more. Join our community of 2,000-plus instructors around the world, and here's the deal. We are not complete without you until each body is working properly. We are not built up in love. There is more love to be built here on the earth. And we need your body, you, the unique you coming and getting a part of it. For more information, download a packet at revelationwellness.org R-W-I-T. Friends, I hope that blessed you today. I feel fired up. I've, I've got the Holy Spirit sweats. And um, that's a good webinar to me. I love getting to be here and do this with you guys. Thank you. Thank you to donors, partners, instructors. Shout out to all the instructors that are out there right now uh, spreading this mission. We need you. You're wanted. The harvest is plenty. The workers are always few. The world needs this message. Come and be a lighthouse. Be a power plant and be an elevator. Friends, we hope this episode blessed you. And if you love it as much as we did, would you share it with a friend? And be sure to swipe up on the show notes. You will find all the links mentioned in the episode. Let's keep the conversation going. You can leave us an audio message and tell us how this episode sparked something in your heart. We would love to hear from you and hear what you think. Thank you for being here and be sure to connect with us soon
0: in all the places. Peace.